Want to be a part of the conversation? Then let us know on the TNT Radio interactive live chat room at tntradio.live. Lighting the fuse for freedom. Today's news talk, TNT Radio. Bruce DeTorres on today's news talk radio, TNT. This is World Stage, exposing the tyrannies and exploring our power with deep dives into history, current events, dangerous trends, and the nature of reality. Before I introduce my guest, I want to tell you the Washington Post reported on December 18th, Congress approves a bill barring presidents from unilaterally exiting NATO. This week, Congress approved that measure aimed at preventing any U.S. president from unilaterally withdrawing the U.S. from NATO without congressional approval. Passage came along long-standing, amid long-standing concerns that Donald Trump may try to exit the alliance if he returns. And it's expected that Biden will sign it. I searched this morning to see if he already had. No, he hadn't. All that to set up this article of interest, The Deep State's Control of NATO in Congress by Jacob Hornberger at FFF.org, Foundation for Freedom which explains how the U.S. has been captured by the military-industrial complex, the national security branch, which Jacob Hornberger describes as a fourth and controlling separate branch of the United States government, to which the executive, the judiciary, and the legislative all kowtow. And that's at FFF.org dated December 21st. The deep state's control of NATO and Congress because, well, what's so bad about a president not being able to withdraw from NATO? What's so bad about that is hamstringing any president and their power by the Congress, which a little research shows how captured they are by, as Hornberger makes his case, the deep state, which is a combination of the Pentagon, the CIA, and the NSA. Found fantastic information resources history at fff.org with me this hour is bart sabrell whose site is sabrell.com s-i-b-r-e-l.com he is an award-winning filmmaker writer and investigative journalist who has commented about the moon landing fraud and discussed his films a funny thing happened on the way to the moon and Astronauts Gone Wild on NBC, Fox, CNN, HBO, Geraldo, The Daily Show, The Abrams Report, Coast to Coast, and now TNT Radio. In his memoir, Moon Man, Bart reveals the military base where the first staged moon landing was filmed and names uh, and the names of 15 United States government scientists and officials who were in attendance for the first moon landing falsification. And in his book, Moon Man, he recounts many other things, including the attempts to silence him. Thank you very much for joining me today, Bart. How are you? I'm doing good, Bruce. How about yourself? How's it down under? Well, I'm on. I'm in New York City. I'm on Staten Island. Oh. Headquarters, headquarters is down under. Are you telling me what I see on TV isn't true? <laughs> well, who should know that better than you, Bart? <laughs> yeah, really. Oh things my, are, things are things are great out here. 
allow me to read a little more of, of your bio. You, Bart has been producing television programs, documentaries, music videos, TV commercials, and stage plays for over 40 years, starting at the age of 18, hosting his own television talk show. Bart has owned five video production companies, has been employed by two of the three major networks, worked as a television news reporter, and produced videos shown on ABC, NBC, CBS, CNN, TLC, USA, and BET. But wait, there's more. Sabrell has also appeared as a seasoned actor on the stage and screen over 500 times. Articles featuring his films have been published in Time Magazine, The New York Times, The Washington Post, and USA Today. His awards from the American Motion Picture Society include Best Cinematography, Best Editing, and Top 10 Director. Now, if that weren't exciting enough, I suppose... I. This is what I like to ask at the top part. What is top of mind or tell me the story of how you got interested in confirming whether or not the moon landings were true. The, 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 where do you, what door shall we open to begin this conversation? Okay, so I can write on the fly. So I need to know how much time to tell that story I have. How, much, how long is this interview, Bruce? One hour. Oh, an with hour a cup, with, oh, a, my with a cup with That's a couple a of breaks for me to work with there. Well, well and, you and, know, and wait, in, in in defense, I've got to uh, tell Three my breaks. team who's listening. I've, I've informed you that over the emails. If I don't throw that in, Bart, they're going to think, "How is that a surprise to any of Bruce's guests?" But anyway, I'm listening. So you know, I grew up like everybody believing the moon missions are real, and even more so. I mean, I don't know how many people out there had a shrine in their house. And, you know, about the moon landing fraud, a shrine, because my father was in the Air Force and we found out that the faking of the moon landing was filmed at an Air Force base. And I was four years old to sleep in bed or past my bedtime. But my father was a high ranking officer. He got this VIP package of about 20 nine by 12 color prints of Apollo 11 of them allegedly on the moon. He gave it to me. It was my most treasured possession. And, you know, in the military, we moved around about every two years. So every new bedroom right there on the wall, all 20 of the pictures. And I saw them. You got to understand this. Every day for 10 years in a row from age four to 14, that's what, 3,650 times minimum. And I probably saw them four times a day. So we're talking about I've seen these pictures like 10, 12,000 times believing that they were on the moon and thinking it's the most glorious thing in the world. So to go from that to knowing for certain, and then more than certain, that sadly, they really did fake it. I mean, that's the strangest thing. It's not a conspiracy theory. It's a fact. And I lay out in the book four incontrovertible proofs that each individually would prove it in a court of law, and we have four times the evidence. And if it weren't for people's emotional attachment to the glorious moon landing, they would see the truth for what it was. So by the age I was 14 and saw them all those thousands of times, I'm watching this TV show. And, you know, Oprah started and one of her first guests on there was a gentleman by the name of William Casey. He worked for NASA during the Apollo program for six years. His security clearance was only one step below Von Braun. 
And believe it or not, his specialty wasn't rocket design. It was English because von Braun's native language was not English. And so he was sending these memos to the Pentagon. And then the Pentagon people, the generals, you know, their forte is war, not grammar. So he would polish up their grammar, make sure the translation was correct. And therefore, he would read classified information, including a memo from Von Braun to the Pentagon in the mid-60s warning them, this is not going to happen on schedule. And if you try, there's a 99.99% chance you're going to kill the crew on national TV. So they decided, like a good poker player, to bluff. You know, that's I'm trying to explain to my wife how to play poker. And I'm telling her, you know, you can win with the worst hand in the world. And you just act like you got the best and you win. And that's what they did. And people don't understand how easy it was to fake. There's no independent press coverage. I mean, how many witnesses are there to World War II? Four billion, right? There's zero eyewitnesses to this except three former military people sworn to secrecy and no independent press coverage. It's not like NBC is there to verify it. Whatever picture Nixon gives us, whatever TV transmission Nixon gives us, we assume that that is on the moon. And so I see this guy saying this, and I'm a 14-year-old, fortunately an open-minded 14-year-old. And so I'm thinking, huh, never thought of that. So I go back to my bedroom wall, and the first thing I notice, now they've color-corrected the picture since then, but you'll notice from the Chinese probes, which are real, the soil of the moon is a caramel brown. It only looks grayish from the sunlight. But the so in the original pictures, if you can get them from eBay or a library book, the ground is caramel brown. And then the background is very gray blue. They don't match. Now they match. Now the ground is grayish blue to match the background. So you could see a line going left to right horizontally where the real dirt ends and the fake background begins. I'm like, oh, never noticed that before. My eyes were wide shut. Then go forward another 10 years, I'm 24, I'd become a filmmaker, and the guy who produced the show I saw as a teenager is sitting beside me, I'm editing a film for him, and I'm like, who was that guy in your show who said we didn't go to the moon, and he puts me in touch with him, and he says, Bill Casey, you're a filmmaker, make a film about how we didn't go to the moon, I'm like, well, let me think about this, so I literally stopped working for six months, I pay myself a salary out of savings to do nothing but research. And if you go to sabrell.com, there's a three-minute video on the home page, and you'll see shadows intersecting at 90 degrees from objects five feet apart. Go outside on a, on a cloudless day in a parking lot or look at two trees, two people, two telephone poles. They're always parallel. It's impossible for shadows to intersect at 90 degrees in sunlight, and there they are. An astronaut, a rock, five feet apart. I mean, you can prove it in a court of law from one picture. I'm like, that's weird. Proving and, two uh, light sources, not the one moon. Yeah, or one, one sun, is really close. Really because if the light source is really close, then it's going to throw off the angle if you're to the left of the light or right of the light. So I'm like, uh, that's weird. Then two of the three guys on the first mission never talked about it. Two of the three don't give interviews. That's weird. And then the the administrator of NASA, before he's to put this feather in his cap, he resigns. They won't have anything to do with it. And then the Soviets launched the first satellite, the first animal, the first man, the first woman, the first crew of three, the first spacewalk. They did everything first. For every 10 hours we spent in space, they spent 50 hours. And then they they never went to the moon. And so, and then we and find because out. I just, I just rewatched uh, a funny thing happened on the way to the moon. At that time, the best the Soviets did about a month before the first Apollo 
they wanted to send an unmanned uh, retrieve rocks and bring it back, but it crashed. So they, the Soviets, so far ahead of us, couldn't even successfully do that. I remember that right, right? Well, they can't do it today. I mean, Israel yeah. crashes a probe into the moon that they intend to land, and they say it's a completely successful mission. Elon Musk launches a rocket and blows up right after the launch pad, and they said it was successful because it left the tower. Right. That's like saying the Titanic was successful because it left the dock. No, I mean, they're, they're, they're calling the rocket blowing up successful when it wasn't intended to blow up. I mean, what are they twisting my mind or their own or what's going on here? It's so difficult. I mean, you have to understand what they're really claiming. So the first proof is shadow intersecting. That, that can't happen. That's that's all you need. You could prove that in court of law. Take the jury outside sunlight, turn off the lights in the courtroom, put a light to do this. That means they were lit with artificial light, which means they're on Earth. And then the second proof is simply logic. Today, with 54-year better rocket and computer technology, the farthest that NASA can send an astronaut into space is only one thousandth the distance to the moon. So what they're really claiming is 54 years ago, on the first attempt, ahead of schedule, when all of NASA's computers contained one millionth of computing power cell phone, they sent astronauts a thousand times farther than they can send them today with 54 years better technology. So what they're claiming is that for the first time in the history of the world, technology was greater, a thousand times greater, in the past than in the future. But that's scientifically and historically impossible. So that's proof. And then we uncovered, you got to understand, I got a million dollar budget given to me by an anonymous rocket designer, builder, who builds rockets for NASA, who knows they were fake, who said, this is, you know, wrong. We need to expose mm -hmm. this. And mm -hmm. so then we discover classified footage of them faking part of the moon mission right in front of your eyes. They're using a one foot model of the earth to pretend it's in outer space. The lights come up and it's a one foot model and it's dated two days into the flight. All the astronauts are identified on camera and there's a third track of audio of the CIA prompting them to fake a four second radio delay. That's the third proof. And then the fourth proof is Cyrus Eugene Akers, a man who was security chief at Cannon Air Force Base in Clovis, New Mexico, as he's dying, fearing the judgment of God, he says, I'm a murderer. The military police come in and say, who did you murder? He says, I murdered a coworker at Cannon Air Force Base in 1968. They say, well, why did you do that? He said, well, we eyewitnessed the filming of the first fake moon landing, June 1st, 2nd, and 3rd of 1968. We were sworn to secrecy. We were told if we told anybody, we would die. My friend was going to tell a reporter. I'm the chief of security. I executed him to keep it a secret. That's what he said. And then he stood beside President Johnson, who this is why he didn't run for re-election. Who knew they would get away with it? What if they got caught? Didn't want to have anything to do with it. And so President Johnson gave the chief of security, who gave it to me, he said, these 15 people are allowed in to observe and no one else. The guy kept it as a private souvenir. And now I got it. I published it in the book. And Bart, so and the, Bart, and allow the book me, is interactive allow, with 16 video links. So you can see um, all them for free at sabrell.com. Allow me. Yeah, Bart Sabrell is with me talking about, I'm going to say one of my favorite movies that he made. A funny thing happened on the way to the moon. And we're then going to get into 
everything since and all it implies for the state of the nation today. And now here is important information from TNT Radio. TNT Radio's Joe Hoff. Just a terrible situation there. And Biden was behind it, pushing these arms, pushing billions of dollars over there. We don't know where that money went. I'll bet you money. I'll bet you a huge percent uh, went. I bet you more than 50 percent didn't go to the uh, to the people or to the war. Uh, it went to people's pockets, kind of like what we have in, in uh, Palestine. Uh, with the U.S. since, since well, under Biden, uh, Trump shut this down, thank God. But... Biden, Obama, they started sending billions over to uh, that part of the world. These people are, have been after Israel forever and, and uh, supported by Iran and billions of dollars going their way and uh, to help them, uh, you know, basically uh, create chaos in the Middle East, terrorism. And, and we saw what happened earlier this year, about a month ago, uh, the two one attack in Israel and the death and destruction, rape and kidnapping, more than 240 people kidnapped. Joe Hoft on today's News Talk Radio, TNT. Affordable housing, we can build that. Sustainable housing, we can build that. At MIT Modular, we understand the importance of housing for all and the importance of design, cost and functionality. Our goal is to meet the needs of our growing population by converting shipping containers to livable units. If you're like-minded and in a position to invest in something meaningful and life-changing, we want to hear from you. We are a team of professional architects, engineers, and financial and tax experts dedicated to offering unique solutions that provide a brighter future. Our Opportunity Zone Fund offers investors both real estate and operating business diversification, five-year tax deferral on capital gains, annual tax benefits, and ultimately tax-free appreciation potential. There are Opportunity Zones all over America. If you're interested in learning more about our services, need affordable housing, or want to participate in creating a new vision for tomorrow, give us a call in the U.S. on 385-985-5702 or read more at MITModular.com. MIT Modular. We can build that. Today's News Talk Radio. Now we're talking. TNT. This is World Stage, and Bart Sabrell, you are with me, and you are stone-cold one of the bravest men that I know because I've, I've studied you for years, and I was glad to finally connect with you and invite you on to my show. And you just gave a great summary of the four major proofs that the moon landings were faked. I would ask us now to go through them again just a little bit more slowly and maybe interact and discuss, you know, the fullness of it. Because if we could do that for the next five or 10 minutes with this goal in mind, inspiring people to go to your site, sibrel.com, S-I-B-R-E-L, and start clicking and seeing, because to people hearing this for the first time, it just might be overwhelming, but it is it's that exciting. It's that important. So let's go through those four again, and I'll interject with you what I remember from just seeing again a funny thing happened on the way to the moon, which people can find and watch for free through your site, sabrell.com, on your YouTube channel. What are, the, what are those four major proofs again? Yeah, you know, on the homepage, I believe, is a video called uh, The Moon Landing Fraud in Three Minutes. And the only one that's not in there is the deathbed confession. The first one is photographic proof. And that's in the three-minute video, The Moon Landing Fraud in Three Minutes. It's shadows intersecting. 
So basically in sunlight, shadows are always parallel. And so just go out at high noon on a cloudless day, look at two trees, two telephone poles, or two people standing, no matter where they are or where the trees are, whatever time of day, it doesn't matter. The sun is a million times bigger than the earth. It's going to throw shadows in the same direction on the continent. And uh, and this moon picture I show, they're intersecting at 90 degrees from objects five feet apart. That is an electrical light. That cannot happen in sunlight which means right. an electrical light, which means they're not on the moon. In and in that example, in that example, it proves two different light sources, right? Or, or one light is close, because if you're to the left of the light, it's going to throw the shadow in one direction. And if another person is on the right-hand side of the light, it's going to throw a shadow in another direction or two. Right. Either well, one is this, yeah. light. Yeah. What's this, what was that second proof? The second proof is classified footage we uncovered uh, that yes. I Casey believes someone sent me. And you pop it in and the tape says, do not show to the public. Now, all the official footage is pre-edited. This is an hour of a single special effect shot. And then it's timestamped by NASA's computer. And I'm sure they know how to tell time two days into the flight. So it's not like they did this before they left. And they were on the rocket. They just never left Earth orbit. And what a surprise 54 years later, they still cannot leave Earth orbit. That's why there's mannequins orbiting me, the moon in the latest mission. Funny, let me, it? Let, me, it, let me interject this to set up the need for staying within a few hundred miles of Earth orbit. A funny thing happened on the way to the moon. Your movie is a beautiful experience. I want to talk about the quality of your filmmaking for a minute, if I could. It's a beautiful experience. Because all the powers at your command, my friend, the pacing, the music, the tone of voice of the narrator, but from the beginning, and it's only, it's about 46 minutes. All you've described right now is on a silver platter to people in 46 minutes, a funny thing happened on the way to the moon. And in the movie, what we're talking about, the classified footage that you and no one else was ever supposed to see is at the end of the movie. You set up first beautifully a teaching about Van Allen radiation belts. Talk about those for for a minute, please. Yeah, I didn't know about them. And what it is, uh, most people don't know about them, but every manned mission except going to the moon is well below this huge field of radiation that's above the Earth and surrounds the Earth. It's called the Van Allen Radiation Belt, named after the guy who discovered it. It doesn't start until about 1,000 miles up, and most people orbit 750 miles below that at 250 miles where the space station is. So that the radiation begins at 1,000 miles, and it's up to 30,000 miles thick. So they'd be in it, even at the speed they were going, an hour and a half to the moon and an hour and a half coming back. And the most intense radiation that is at least 100 times greater than a lethal dose, 100 times greater than a lethal dose. And so by them faking being halfway to the moon, it means they can't go halfway. They cannot leave Earth orbit. That's the limitation. Because and the protection, so, the protection, the lead or anything else to protect a space capsule with humans would be so monstrously heavy. We humans can't get that off the earth yet. That's right. Von Braun said so. And in one of the supplemental links, 
the book is interactive with 17 video links. I basically write a chapter and I say, look, if you want to understand the next chapter, go to sabrell.com, click on the top left button, Moonman Video. It's all those links you can watch for free. And one of them is about NASA's own engineer, Kelly Smith, who's talking about the radiation belts. And he says, word for word, the technology necessary for an astronaut to go through them to the moon and back and survive has yet to be invented. He says when it himself. When did he say that? When, when he did said he say that, that in 2014. Thank you. And, and then so I call up NASA. I'm a journalist. Can I talk to this guy? And they're like, well, he put his foot in his mouth, so we don't let him talk to the media anymore. And then I'm like, okay, well, you sent an unmanned probe into the middle of the radiation with two Geiger counters and then right back. So the whole point was to measure the radiation, which they would already know what it was if they really went to the moon and back such time. And so they come back with the information. I say, great, this is a you know non-military, civilian-funded, taxpayer project. May I please have you know the radiation readings that I pay for? And they say, well, that's a military secret. And I'm like, okay, let me let me make sure I understand this. When you send a probe to the sun to find out the temperature of the sun, the temperature of the sun is not a military secret. And when you send a probe to Jupiter to find out how much helium is in the atmosphere, the amount of helium is in a military secret. So why would this part of nature, the amount of radiation surrounding the Earth, why is a part of nature a secret? Because if they told you, it would reveal it's impossible to go to the moon, which is what the guy said before they sent the radiation detectors into it. And, and what you, you and also what you have what, NASA what got, saying it, it's impossible to go to the moon. Right. And in your in your movie, you you say or the narrator says we learn that the Apollo craft had a very minuscule thin layer of aluminum. Yeah, one eighth of an inch of aluminum, which is less than you receive for a dental x-ray, which lasts one twenty-fourth of a second. And this is right. one and a half hours of nonstop. Of a hundred times worth worse than a lethal dose. Yeah. That's right. That's the context, I think, of appreciating a major element of that classified footage. Now, uh, you you started to set it up that that footage was of the three astronauts of Apollo 11, Armstrong, Collins, and Aldrin in their uh, capsule. Tell, tell me what it what it shows. Yeah, I mean, uh, like I said, it's for free at sabrell.com in the movie on the homepage of Funny Thing Happened on the Way to the Moon. But if you can imagine a TV screen that's mostly black with a little blue ball earth in it, they're supposed to be, they claim they're halfway to the moon. They say the lens of the camera's right up at the window, which it would have to be to shoot the little earth far away. Well, the lights come up in the unedited version, the camera's really at the back of the spacecraft. They turned out all the lights and it's a circular window that they have a part of the earth in earth orbit outside of it. But with the lights off, it looks like the earth floating in space. It's very clever. Had I only gotten the portion that they broadcast, I doubt if I would have figured it out. And right, then when they turn on, when they, when they turn on the lights inside the capsule, you can see that the camera is at the far end of the capsule the window is farther away at the end of the capsule, and it's filled with the bright blue and clouds of the Earth because they're only a couple hundred miles above. Yeah, so they That's basically the whole window is filled with the Earth. Yeah, yeah, they've used a section of the Earth outside and the circular window to make it look like the circular Earth with the 
with the blackest space around it, which are really the darkened walls of the spacecraft with the lights off. And That's then cool. there's a yeah. third track of audio. You hear NASA say, hey, the you know, the picture looks great. Then then there's four seconds of dead air. One, two, three, four. Then you hear a third track of audio. It's not NASA. It's not the astronauts say, talk. You see, they're supposed to be halfway to the moon. And with light speed and through the computers, they calculated two seconds for the radio signal to get to them, two seconds to come back. So if they answer right away, it gives away the fact that they're still in Earth orbit when they're supposed to be halfway to the moon. So they said, don't answer the question right away. We're going to count off four seconds on a stopwatch. When you hear us in your earpiece say talk, four seconds have gone by. Then answer the question to create this fake radio delay. We have that on the tape, too. And let me add this. When it dawned on me, Bruce, when, when the lights come up and I hear talk and I'm thinking, well, they're definitely faking being halfway to the moon, which means they can't go halfway, which means they didn't go. I just wept quietly. I'm like, oh, my gosh. They really did fake the moon landing. How sad is that? Not just for the U.S., really for mankind. This is how far we have fallen. And everybody claims they want to bring the deep state down. But I did Glenn Beck show, and he's kissing the feet of an Apollo astronaut who's accessory to multiple homicides and treating the guy like a saint. People don't understand. Even though the moon landing fraud killed fewer people than 9-11 and the Kennedy assassination list, it, it, Kennedy's still dead, and those 3,000 people are still dead. It's just a matter of who did it and why. This is different. This is an entire fabrication. This is a, a positive lie. This is candy. I'm trying to take candy away and give them manure instead. And an NBC news director saw this footage. He says it proves they didn't go to the moon, but I won't broadcast it. It'll cause a civil war. Another NBC news director overrode them and said, we're going to broadcast this nationwide and break the story. They get a threatening call from the federal government. They back down because they what? saw if you, yeah. that this will bring down the deep state more than any other, even though it killed fewer people because they put it on coins. They put it on stamps. Yeah. They gave them medals of honor. It's burned in Burn people's hearts. And if they find out, they will be yeah. outraged. Talk to, to who who was killed. Well, Cyrus Eugene Akers killed one person, and then we know that um, one of the Apollo astronauts, James Irwin, was killed because when, when after he faked the moon landing, he became a born-again Christian. He telephoned Bill Casey and said, we got to talk about your book. We didn't go to the moon. I have something important to say. He says, I'm concerned for my security. Call me at this number three days from now. On that day, he had a fatal heart attack. So he was killed. And then we have four backup crews of Apollo astronauts who had accidental deaths within a 24-month period. So out of 24 Apollo astronauts, four of them had accidents not related to space travel within a 24-year uh, period. And then we have the Apollo 1 fire. January 27, 1967, I interviewed the man's widow for four hours his son, who's a 747 pilot, for three hours. They asked me not to put this information in the film. I could release it after her death. I put it in the book. They told me, she told me, the man who was going to be the first man to walk on the moon came home from work on January 26, 1967 and said this, Han, 
For some strange reason, the CIA is all over the launch pad today. I wonder why. Is that Virgil Gus Grissom? That's right. He says, I've never seen the CIA here. Why did they show up today? They're inspecting the equipment. The next day, he's dead from faulty equipment because a couple of days before that, he knew this was a piece of junk without permission. He invited a bunch of reporters to the top of the rocket, and he took a lemon the size of a grapefruit and hung it, and he said, this thing is a piece of junk. That infuriated the Pentagon, and they took care of him a few days later. And since then, all the astronauts said, yes, sir, we'll do what you say. So they murdered people. The, the Declaration of Independence precedes the Constitution when any any government becomes destructive of life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, it is the right of the people to alter or abolish it, life. They're not only taking a third of our income to fake moon landings when they promise they're going, they're using that to pay the salaries and the equipment of sea agents to murder our brethren who are trying to expose their crimes. They're murdering our own friends with the money that we give them. They're destructive to life right there. Your your movie... A funny thing happened on the way to the moon examines how the mindset of the 1960s Cold War makes it so logical that they would do this bluff when they discovered in the mid or or whenever in the 1960s when they realized, oh, we're definitely not going to make the end of the deadline goal that Kennedy put out there. And, And your movie talks about the money and how the budget, how huge it was for its time, and how the the need to bluff this in the eyes of the world to be able to pound chests and bully and intimidate the Soviet Union, but even more so, it's probably that money that could be absconded and diffused out to the various major contractors because if it didn't have to be invested in the actual technology that could make a moon landing and return possible, boy, that is a, that's a big slush fund that can be diverted into all kinds of juicy things and also into all kinds of greedy hands. Well, we're talking about equivalent now of $200 billion. And the first military source who told me this was fake, and I didn't believe him, let me just be honest, <laughs> he said it's all about the money. And so if they only did Earth Orbit, which they had already done, then they only spent 25% of the $200 billion, right? Yeah. And then get this, yeah. they destroyed all the equipment, all the blueprints, all the original videotapes. Now, imagine Bill Gates spending $200 billion to build the first supercomputer. And when he's done, it works fabulous. And then he throws the equipment the schematics, all the originals to rebuild it into the furnace and burns it up. Would anybody do that? Not in a million years. They may right. have done that with the atomic bomb, but they didn't. You see, right. we're gonna we're and gonna all- take a break in a, in a little while, and we're gonna. I really I want to stay focused on that which you just revealed. The fact that what what NASA says happened to all the records and the technology of the Apollo flights. And then I want to uh, pick your brain about all that you have. uh, Well, no, I want to dig into Moon Man. I want to get into the backstory. I want you to share with me the the beginning, middle, and end of your personal journey, wrestling with this story, ferreting out the truth and the unbelievable courage. You took a fist to the face 
at least the one on film. With me is Bart Sabrell, the creator of a very important movie called The Funny Thing Happened on the Way to the Moon. And here now is important information from TNT Radio. With his expert analysis and opinion, this is TNT Radio's Timothy Shea. If by some unimaginable impossibility, you're still trying to determine whether you're a Republican or a Democrat, ask yourself the following questions. Did you favor the Baphomet statue being erected at the Iowa State Capitol? Did you enjoy the school board swearing in on a stack of child pornography books? Do you find nothing objectionable about a homosexual sex tape being recorded in a Senate hearing room and posted online? And finally, did you just love the transgender nutcracker down a hallway hideously decorated by Dr. Jill Biden for Christmas at the White House? If the answer to one or more of these questions is yes, you might be a Democrat. In fact, you're definitely a Democrat. As for the rest of us, if you doubted that, in the words of Sarah Huckabee Sanders, this next election is the choice between normal and crazy, wonder no more. Last week said it all. From aginstitute.com, this is Timothy Shea for TNT Radio. <laughs> My baby's back from the West Coast. <laughs> Hear those pictures that you asked for for your school project? First day of school, cute as a button. <laughs> so long ago. Oh, here's Grandma Florence after that flood wiped out the whole neighborhood. Sometimes I just cannot believe all the storms we've gone through here. I can only hope that we'll be able to leave this house to you one day, baby. You're our legacy. Planning for these disasters will make sure we're safe. And it's the best way to protect that legacy. Ah, those beans smell heavenly. Mm -hmm. Give mom a little credit. You know what? We should make an emergency communication plan. That way we're ready this year. Oh, great idea. At my dorm, we have emergency kits for earthquakes and wildfires, but I'm sure there's something more local I can send you with the link. Okay. Smart. I'm coming to share with you guys. Protect your legacy. Plan for natural disasters today. Visit ready.gov forward slash plan. Bruce DeTorres on today's News Talk, TNT Radio. Bart Sabrell, creator of A Funny Thing Happened on the Way to the Moon, author of Moon Man. What is the subtitle of Moon Man? Something about filmmaker on the CIA's hit list? Yes, that's correct. Okay. Like I said, uh, <laughs> when was the first time that NASA actually told somebody, I, I used to know, uh, hey, what you know? What happened to the, all the records or the films or even the technology? I, even the plans for the technology? Oops, we lost it or it got destroyed. T tell me everything you know about that, please. Well, according to Don Pettit, who's a national, you know, NASA astronaut, and this is one of the clips at Sabrell.com, he says out of his own mouth that NASA intentionally destroyed all the technology that they used to go to the moon. All the blueprint mouth that NASA intentionally destroyed all the technology that they used to go to the moon. All the blueprints, all the diagrams, all the engineers. And like I said, they maybe should have at least considered doing that with the atomic bomb. But only 10 years later, atomic bombs were a thousand times more powerful. So if we could go to the moon 
on the first attempt. Ten years later, we'd be on Mars, and now we'd be in another solar system, and there'd be bases all over the moon. And then the videotape. Do you recall when Don Pettit may have made that claim? I think that was 2018, and that's one of the clips you can see for free at com. And then Ron Howard, I guess, no, not that long ago, wanted to make an IMAX movie and wanted to glorify the moon landings, you know, on like 100 feet by 120 feet. His grandfather warned him, don't do it. The moon landings are fake, and he doesn't listen to the guy, right? And he was brainwashed with Apollo toys and rockets like I was. And so he's like, well, you know, give me the originals because we're going to, you know, and they only broadcast fourth generation. You understand? The networks were begging for a live feed. They said, no, we're going to take the feed. We're going to put it on a projection TV of 1969 quality. You're going to film that with the TV camera. That's going to go to a monitor and then you're going to film the monitor. They didn't want clear images. So they say to Ron Howard, give us a few days. And then within those days, they destroyed or misplaced about one ton of videotapes. And he had to go to Blockbuster Video to get NASA footage because he reduces it to like 5% of the IMAX screen because the quality is so low. You can see the VHS tracking line at the bottom. There's very little footage of it. They intentionally destroyed it. Now, if you went to the moon, you would never, ever, ever, ever destroy a $200 billion investment. However, if you perpetrated a fraud, that's exactly what you would do. So that's a proof right there. Yeah, yeah. It's it's comprehensive. And folks can definitely find that on so much that you've got at your site and your movie. And I want to talk about, please, like I said, your personal journey recounted in your book, Moon Man, which is great. I loved it. But if you don't mind, you know, uh, what what the, the, the personal human toll this has taken on you, please. Yeah, you know, a lot of this stuff, I, I never said a single time in an interview, not once in 20 years. But since the book came out and it's kind of my final statement officially, uh, I thought, well, I might as well just tell the story. So when I popped in the tape, found in the secret footage, after I finished quite crying out of just, you know, sadness for mankind that we have stooped this low, uh, I'm like, oh, my gosh. I have proof. We didn't go to the moon in my house. I've got a toddler son and a blind roommate. What have I gotten myself into? And I go to church and they're like, you need to drive like a bat out of hell. And this is Wednesday night, you know, and I'm like the last person leaving of 300 cars. You know, they, we stopped church at 830. I'm still there at 10 getting advice from the elders. And they're like, drive like a bat out of hell to the copy of the tape, give it to CNN, you bit off more than you can chew. And I'm like, I don't want to give up the scoop of the century, but they're right. So as I'm leaving church, this car that was backed into a business that had been closed for hours pulls out immediately after I go by. And I'm like, oh, they were waiting for me. So I pull over to the, actually I stop in the middle of the road and I say, I'm not going anywhere. I got all night and I see the guy stopped and I just, minute goes by too. I'm like, I got all night. I'm, I'm not going to go anywhere until this guy's in front of me. He finally gives it up. He passes me, gets on. And I, so I follow him. Know your enemy. I pull up alongside of him on the, you know, freeway, two lanes, one way, two lanes, the other medium in the middle. And I say, I want to see the, who this guy is. I've never seen this in a single person in my whole life until that moment. But he had that look of a great white shark grabbing the meat, you know, off the side of the boat. He doesn't care whether it's your grandmother, your daughter, your wife. It's just meat. No soul. No one at home. 
that's how this guy looked. Like he would kill me and go home and have fried chicken dinner and not think about. And as soon as we connected eyes, everything on my car shut off. Like the engine, the electricity, I had to coast. I'm on foot running from him and two other of his friends he meets up with, literally being chased. A cab pulls over, gives me a ride. I get another cab. I hire them to go to CNN. When I'm at CNN, I literally am stopped by, I guess, you know, police officers on the take preventing me from going in. I make my way to the back alley and I'm surrounded by like eight police with a with a white van, you know, unmarked cars. And they put me in handcuffs. They take these big beta cam tapes for broadcast. And I hear them say, well, where's the thing? Well, I thought he had the thing. No, he has, he's got the thing. I'm like, what well, is the thing? They're all wearing rubber gloves. And the thing is like this, kind of like a hospital bracelet, you know, when you check in. And within a half a minute where my veins are, you see, where they're handling it with gloves, remember? I feel like I'm on LSD to the point where I'm throwing up. Now, a lawyer comes out an alleyway and he starts taking notes. Look, I'm a journalist. I'm being illegally. Had he not been there, we probably wouldn't be having this conversation. And then they get basically they gave me truth serum and I tell them everything they want to know. I'm in la la land. I think they're the good guys. I end up escaping their custody, make my way back to Nashville. And then I say, I got them. I got truth serum in me. So I pee in a cup. I give it to a friend to put in a lab in his name, thinking I can out with the CIA. And when I check on the results, he says, well, there was a problem at the lab. And I'm like, uh, what problem? He says, well, they had a break in over the weekend. And I'm like, well, so what? He said, well, funny thing. The only thing stolen was your urine sample. <laughs> and then, you know, it just it just gets worse from there, if you can imagine. And then when I make the follow-up film, Astronauts Gone Wild, where I track down the astronauts and either ask them to swear on the Bible or I show them the classified footage. So I'm in Edgar Mitchell's house, the peace guru, right? Who, side note, says UFOs are real, just as real as the moon landing. We'll talk about that in another uh, episode. And so I show him the footage that of them faking it. He says, where did you get this? He turns beet red literally kicks me from behind. This startles my cameraman, startles me. We get out of there and we forget to, that we left the high quality wireless microphone on him. And my camera guy's so startled, he forgets to hit stop record. So as the camera's in the back seat of the rental car with the door closed, and he's in his house with the doors closed, we're recording his private conversations on the videotape in the car. And the uh, film secretary, months later, who's doing a transcript, calls me up frantic. Bart, Bart, do you know what they're talking about? You know, before you U-turn to get your mic back? I'm like, I don't know what. She says, they're talking about calling the CIA to have you assassinated. I'm like, that's funny. She says, no, Bart, they're talking about calling the CIA to have you killed. I'm like, that's really funny. She says, Bart, you're not listening. They're talking about calling the CIA to have you killed. And sure enough, they are. It's in the film. Do you want to call the CIA and have him whacked? Now, first of all, if this is a civilian project, why does an Apollo astronaut have the CIA in his Rolodex? Secondly, if I'm some silly person who thinks the moon landings were shot on Earth in a TV studio, why would the CIA care, you see? And so I talk about all these espionage adventures that I went through, including being drugged, kidnapped, and followed and just, you know, crazy, crazy things. And I also, and maybe I shouldn't have shared this, but it's too late. 
I meet a couple of good guys in the government face to face, okay, who got my back, who they literally sent in, as best as I can tell, they were Marine intelligence officers to protect me. Literally. Here's and, a chance to, to well, I don't know what that means, except there's a civil war under the radar in the government going on. Well, it reminds me of a couple things. Your great Christian faith that you attest to uh, exuberantly and beautifully and uh, mercifully, and also how in these dark times, which I, I talk to everybody I can on this show and elsewhere about what's going on and how bad it is and how bleak it is. And about one-fifth of the time, one-fourth of the time, somebody remembers. And unfortunately, it's not me. Hey, for this amount of darkness or evil, everything being kind of balanced or equal in nature, it, there, there's got to be as at least as much good. And for a man like you of faith and, and mine, which is a little different faith, but it's, I, I'm going to claim the same point here, there's an overwhelming much more good in the world so i hope that wasn't too rambling but I, and i know i made a, a heartfelt point no, that's a big part of it i had divine intervention and the film as you know opens up with scripture the, the thing about this that i wanted to make sure we squeeze in in the time we have left if i may this is good the, bobby kennedy's own nephew okay he has more access to the jfk files than oliver stone he says that his uncle was killed by the cia so guess who killed him the cia and then robert mcnamara Okay, defense secretary during the Vietnam War, when all the Americans were against it, who said we need a Pearl Harbor type of thing. He says we staged the Gulf of Tonkin. Never happened. Yeah. That led to the yeah. death of 3 million people, 58,220 Americans. My point is, if they're willing to kill their own president, to kill 58,220 of their own soldiers, I don't think they have a problem with faking an image of the moon on television. And let me conclude with, just a few weeks ago, there was a big AI conference where the top AI people in the world were given limited three-day access to the super AI, well above AI, called the neural network. And one team at that conference fed it pictures of the Chinese probes of the surface of the moon through its deep fake protocol that can decide whether this video of Biden is real or not. It's never been wrong. It says, the pictures from China, 100% real. They feed them in pictures from the Apollo, 100% fake. Just came out. They're trying to suppress it. It's not on RT, so don't think that's an anti-deep state. It's not on Fox. That's not an anti-deep state. Don't believe that, you see? And this is breaking news. Either their $10 billion, 10-year investment, they're, they're inept and it's a piece of junk, or they didn't go to the moon, right? And so they didn't go to the moon and AI says so. And they're trying to suppress that right now. That's the latest development. Yeah. And that's, I've, I've seen that through your, uh, platforms. So, um, yeah, wherever anyone looks at or tries to, you know, fact check or vet your work, there is a, there is a great, uh, corroboration that, that that's coming from all in our Final four or five minutes, Bart, what would you tell me? What would you emphasize? What's the most urgent thing? What's, what's the most profound implication of what you have found about the staged moon landings? What have, you know, re repeat or reiterate or what haven't yeah. maybe we covered? Thank you. I, I mean, I've never heard anyone 
present it that way. So thank you, Bruce. And here it is. The number one tool, trust me on this. I didn't believe it at first. The NBC News director told me this 20 years ago. I disagreed. Six weeks ago, I agreed with him. The number one tool to bring down the deep state is exposing the moon landing fraud. Even though JFK 9-11 killed more people, this is burned in people's hearts. They knelt and they prayed for them. They waved their flag. And it's a lie. It's a positive lie. If the public finds out that that was a fraud, that will bring down the deep state more than who shot JFK, more than who did 9-11. And it's the one topic the top two podcasters are afraid to talk about. The one tool that will bring down the deep state the most. You see that? Why is that? This is what will bring the deep state down. It will infuriate the public. We prayed for them. How can this most outrageous thing? And it's not just a matter of changing who did it and why. This was complete fabrication and it was unnecessary. $200 billion and they murdered people to cover it up. And it's a complete fabrication. That's what will bring the deep state now. I think the AI may already do that. Now, when you pull your finger out of the dike, that doesn't happen right away. It gets a little bigger and a little bigger. Maybe two years from now, it'll it'll come down. But that's the key. If you really want to bring the deep state down, the moon landing fraud is the key. That's going to outrage the public more than anybody else. And lastly, it it's so profound. You don't get it. The, the faking of the moon landing is so much more profound than if they had actually gone. It's so much more profound historically that the greatest event in human history was a complete fabrication by the world's leading country. And it never happened. And that's the state of mankind. That's how far we have fallen. And all the other world governments follow their lead in corruption. So we have to expose this or the world will never, ever get better. You cannot have a great yep. awakening if you know everything else, but still believe this lie. Yeah, there's a there's a profound uh, hearing and discussing it with you has been profound. Watching your movie, A Funny Thing Happened on the Way to the Moon, like I said earlier, is a beautiful and profound thing. Here's the point. It, what you just said, it comes down to integrity. If we don't have the personal integrity to look for and then speak up for the truth, we can't be surprised that our government is a, a clown act. And, and it's, uh, it's more and more obviously a clown act with every one of today's cascading stories. But you're right. In many ways, this is, a, this is really at the heart and soul of deception. And as the biggest deception, if, if when light can be shown on this, and you know what you know? I know you know this, and I'm going to claim it for you and for me. The truth comes out. The truth comes out. And it may not be in our lifetime, but rest assured it will. And you've played a huge part as a fulcrum, as a lever, as Archimedes said, to pry it out, Bart, and it will stand for all time. And our last really handful of seconds, we're Sabrell.com. How should people follow you? Yeah, S is in Sam, I B is in boy, R E L dot com. You can see all that for free if you want a book that contains all the new information. It's in audio, which I read myself, Kindle and print, and all of that is at sabrell.com. Thank you so much. You got up real early in the middle of the night over there for me, Bart, <laughs> and I'm so I'm so glad. And uh, I'm gonna stay in touch as your friend and egg you on and um, you know, invite you back when there's, you know, timely and breaking. 
And um, Merry Christmas and Happy New Year. And this is TNT Radio. <laughs>